Kingdom of Dreams, Chapter 9. Look Who's Talking. Narrated by Kevin Coffey. Panic overwhelmed every inch of Jimmy's being. It was difficult to breathe. His ribs burned. He closed his eyes and put his ear to his sister's mouth. What had he done? What had he done? No, 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 no. Tell me you're still here. Show me something. Lim wouldn't so much as flinch. Nothing. Jimmy began vigorously rubbing her back and hands and feet. Probably an idiotic thing to do, but he'd read or heard somewhere restoring circulation revive people. He pressed his ear to her mouth, again and again listening. Still nothing. No! Time ate at Jimmy like a leech. Each new second drained him of tons of precious energy and sanity. I'm losing her. After too many panicked tries and his body lathered in sweat, Jimmy collapsed beside his sister and rested his head on her shoulder. The slightest puff of hot breath warmed Jimmy's ear. Yes, Jimmy shouted out loud, not caring much at the moment if a horde of nightmares descended upon them. He closely examined his sister. Was she breathing? Lim's chest rose and fell. She was breathing. He exhaled for days. You're not dead, Jimmy proclaimed. She wasn't quite right either. She wouldn't wait for one thing. What had he done to her? The question attacked him again and again without letting up, and... Was it his imagination, or was her breathing a bit off? He thought of Droman, its ogling, swollen eyes, its whispering voice. It had done this. Not him, Jimmy thought. But it didn't make him feel any better. Once Jimmy calmed down from fearing the worst, he tried everything imaginable to wake her. Pinching her cheeks, pulling her toes, yelling, Leah, Emily, at the top of his lungs. Nothing worked. He even dared a real no-no. He petted the shaved portion of his sister's head while she was out of it. It was smooth and velvety to the touch, like the fur of a rare exotic animal. She was definitely deep in la-la land because she would have broken his fingers one by one if she were the slightest bit awake. Instead, her token smirk spread wider across her face the longer she slumbered, like she was enjoying a much-needed rest. A rasping sound to her breathing rattled out of her throat. What to do? There was no one to call, no one to help. His parents were on Earth while he literally was in an entirely different freaking world for crying out loud. And what was he going to do, drag her around like human luggage? A new emotion came to him, a rush of adrenaline with a fresh coat of fear. He was in charge all right, but he didn't necessarily like it or want it. Right now, his sister was a drooling, jacked-up version of Sleeping Beauty. Kissing her was out of the question, of course. He wouldn't leave her, that was rooted in his heart. Rotten as she was, she didn't deserve this, whatever this was. Jimmy pouted for a bit, mad at himself, at his failure to check his anger. Now he was dealing with the unbridled effects of an evidently very real and obviously powerful curse. He recalled speaking the word out loud that took the other bullies off the board. Droman would probably come for her sooner than later. He couldn't let that happen. Jimmy tried to drag Lim back to his bed, sitting by itself in their empty, muddy yard, then concluded they'd gone farther than he thought into this strange realm. He mulled over running to check if the bed was even still there. He might try bringing his parents back, but that would have taken too long, and he didn't dare leave Lim unguarded. The best bet might be to head in the direction their animals had been going. Lim also had wanted to check on their pets first. So he grunted his way down the row of trees, heaving Lim by her armpits. Jimmy took countless breaks and might have accidentally dropped her a few times. Their slow, clumsy progression went on for far longer than he could cope with. Jimmy had doubts about their chosen direction and was about to give up and just go back to the bed when arguing voices stopped him in his tracks. 
If I had more flexible paws, I'd write a noble treatise about how we so-called pets raise the human condition. Perhaps I shall dictate to a monkey. Anyway, contrary to whimsical fantasy, humans are, in fact, our pets, said the same high-pitched voice Jimmy had heard broadcasted from his bed. Ooh, uh, how do you say, I can't remember, what's the word? I degree, answered a much more deeper tone. The word you're searching for, my stout fellow, is agree. I agree. We take care of them, our pets. We love them. Love is such a frivolous, overused word. Must be reserved for advanced feelings and special occasions, like tuna. Bacon. Bah! Bacon is a lesser morsel not worthy of the greater delicacies. Do you have any fathom what bacon really is? Well, yeah, good to eat. Beyond curious, Jimmy edged closer to the now heated conversation groaning at the dead weight of his sister. How did she swim so fast? It was like he was hauling an orchid round. Finally, he ducked his head under the source of the quirky voices, an umbrella of leaves and knotted branches that must have provided good cover from the storm. Sheltered beneath and perfectly dry sat Francis and Charlie, catching their breath and having a debate that had now debased to hissing and growling. Like Jimmy and Lem, and unlike the black and white world around them, the pets still remained in color. Jimmy ditched his unconscious sister and stared at their pets in flabbergasted shock. Animals debating? The dog and cat stopped quarreling and stared up at him. All right, master. Francis nodded and slowly closed his eyes and opened them in greeting. Uh, hi. Jimmy struggled to respond. The cat licked a wet paw out of habit. We're a bit knackered and taking a bit of a breather, not to mention hiding out from the murderous weather. Oh, better tidings, thankfully. We are able to visit the loo, that clump of brush just ahead. Don't walk over there by any measure. We left it in a dreadful state. Uh, Charles was a bit excitable, and we'll leave it at that. Jimmy stiffened with equal parts apprehension and amazement. The entire situation was now full-blown surreal. Hey, slow folks, Charlie said, wagging his entire body and giving out wet kisses. Then his dark brow narrowed. Hey, what's wrong with Lem? She never naps about me. Lem squeezed Jimmy's wrist so hard it cut off his circulation. Jimmy yelped, spooked beyond belief by a combination of animals talking and Lem's off condition. Of course, this caused barks and yowls. Lem, still smirking, stayed still as a stone. Too much ruckus. Jimmy figured every nightmare in the realm was probably stampeding toward them by now. Charlie whined and poked at his owner with his nose, getting no response. He licked her face. What happened to the poor girl? Were there any other witnesses? Francis inquired. Cap began patrolling around with a swish of his tail, examining the scene like the seasoned Scotland Yard detective, attempting to gather vital evidence. His cat sniffed at scores of beaded up branches and practically each individual leaf, and then dissected every speck of dirt with his claws, attempting to dig up clues. I, uh, Jimmy said, leaving it at that. Both pets stared up at Jimmy. He wanted to tell them the truth, but despite the talking, they were animals. They wouldn't understand. Jimmy wished Burks were around, but his head was strangely devoid of voices at the moment. Is this what it's like to be a balanced, normal person, he thought? Silence and acceptance of being in the moment instead of an obnoxious play-by-play -play announcer with opinions on everything? She just sort of collapsed and started snoozing hard, Jimmy finally said, almost convincingly. Alive, not without suffering some pains of guilt at first to tell, but... He deemed it a minor fib and technically sort of the truth. Francis placed a tiny paw in Lim's neck and frowned. Hmm, 
Her pulse is adequate, but something's afoot with her breathing. Francis's words stabbed Jimmy as the guilt seeped further in. Lim began to twitch and mumbled in her sleep. Jimmy and the animals leaned in to study Lim's condition up close. Francis sat with perfect posture and purpose at Jimmy's feet, his yellow eyes fixed upon Jimmy's blues. Well, as your chosen counsel that you can now understand quite plain thanks to the unknown magics of this world, I strongly suggest the smart choice is to turn tail and go home. Francis smoothed his whiskers out with a paw. Cats are expert survivors, and let me tell you, my instincts suggest our chances here slim to none. Don't you agree, Master James? Having his cat call him Master James was plenty surreal enough, but Jimmy found himself nodding. Silently, Charlie helped Jimmy gather up limb, resting her legs over the dog's back. They could share the weight, and it was much easier to deal with her, even a bit fun. Blimey, will you look at that? Francis said, staring up at the heavens. They fixed their eyes upwards with awe as the last sliver of sun rose upwards into the darkening Scotian with a hiss, extinguishing all the light as if someone blew out a candle. Okay, Jimmy sighed. Let's get Lim home safe and sound first. Then a gust of wind rattled the tops of the trees behind them. Jimmy whipped his head around, scanning the sky and trees in all directions. Something's up there, Charlie whined. Jimmy held his breath, thinking, Not here, not now. At the exact arrival of darkness, something rustled the forest's joined canopy. Something fell, spinning in lazy circles, and landed on Jimmy's shoe. Jimmy touched it. It had a smooth, rounded surface ending in a hard tail, a leaf. The temperature dropped several degrees along with the air pressure. Not again, Jimmy thought. Their pets were on high alert as well, checking their whereabouts with wide eyes and antenna ears. S storm Charlie chattered. To say the chunky pooch was terrified of storms was putting it mildly. Lim usually had to wrap him in a special fitted blanket they made for dogs with storm phobias to deal with ruckus weather. Then she had to sit with him in her closet until it passed. A violent, moaning gust penned them in place. The wind snaked around their frozen frames, exploring them before it withdrew. Jimmy's backpack leapt off his shoulders. He turned and grabbed for it, but he couldn't let go of Lim to get it. What the? Hey! Get back here! The unseen foul weather thing had somehow cut his shoulder straps, and now his backpack rose high above the tangled roots of the woven-together forest like a rebellious kite. He barely made out the pack's slumpy shape as it caught against something in the dark. Jimmy dug in his pocket and pulled out a small but powerful flashlight, flicked it on, and a tiny orb of bright light revealed his backpack, hovering in place just over the trees. He spotlighted a section of trees being shaken so hard by the wind it temporarily untangled their knotted branches. The crooked branches cracked against one another in distress, like bendable bones. Help us! For the bard's sake, help us! It's the lurking! screamed one of the flailing trees. The trees are talking, Charlie said, amazed. Yes, it seems to be catching, but what the devil is that thing? Francis asked. Something gleamed, reflecting the penlight's beam. A single crooked yellow fang. The vile tooth was as long and sharp as an assassin's dagger. The thing the trees called the lurking smiled at them. Charlie's nose twitched. Smell something. No, someone. In the wind. Yes, answered a vicious voice. A swelling storm reshuffled the leaves around them. Me. A powerful gust punched the backpack out of sight, forever lost. Little Rev, a familiar voice hummed with the volume of a rock concert, full of confidence and threat. Bucky? Jimmy addressed the air with horror. 